Listener Production. Hey, Tom here. Have you used Be Real yet? It's a social media app that uses your phone's front and back camera. Look, you probably know more about it than me. I'm actually just catching up on it. But anyway, you get a notification that you've got two minutes to post and you've got no time to make it all fancy and high production. You just take the shot wherever you are. It's a bit more like what Instagram used to be when it started, and it is a direct attack on the Instagram audience. And as we'll discuss in the briefing today, it could put Instagram in a very tricky situation because it's focused on the fight against TikTok, and that's already causing a huge backlash with major influencers like Kylie Jenner calling for Instagram to be Instagram again, stop trying to be TikTok. This whole concept of uh, literally being real, being your authentic self is something that people are craving in the internet generation right now. So in this episode, how Instagram's war with TikTok has left it open to a sneak attack from Be Real. Annika Smethurst joins us today. Annika, are you on Be Real? No, I'm just on Instagram, which makes me very old, apparently. I remember when all these old people started to join Facebook and I'm realising that that's just me now on a different app. Yeah, that's right. It was like, oh, it's all baby boomers on Facebook. Let's get on Instagram. And now it's just, you know, us stuck posting. You and I. Yeah, baby photos. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great to have you back on the show for today's headlines. Let's get into them. It is Monday, August 29. A better deal for workers in small business. That could be on the cards. The union movement is moving to strike a deal with small businesses that could raise wages for millions of Australian workers. So the ACTU and the Council of Small Business Organisations Australia have agreed to look into what's called multi-employer bargaining. Basically, that means as an individual or in a small group, you could negotiate your own pay with the boss of the small business you work for, rather than just accepting the industry award. 30 years ago, we had mountains and some hills and a bargaining power because people were more unionised. Now we've got mountains and half the workforce is on planes and they don't have any bargaining power. So that's the ACTU Secretary Sally McManus speaking on the ABC, putting forward that idea ahead of Albanese's Jobs and Skills Summit, which is happening this week. So you'll hear a lot of news around that. Annika, is this a big deal, this shake-up in small business? Yeah, it pretty much would be. Um, A lot of people are saying the biggest shake-up in 30 years, that's one way to put it, and it definitely is something we really haven't seen in this space. So the argument is that small business, they find it too hard to navigate some of these systems. Um, Sector-wide bargaining rights will basically simplify the award system, say, for an aged care worker, and that could potentially mean these workers can get more money. Big business, on the other hand, Tom, though, they're not so keen because the system has really developed into more of a like productivity-based system in the last 30 years. And as you can imagine, that would work better for them in terms of wanting to make Mm. more money. So they're going to oppose this pretty strongly, I think. What I'm seeing is just lots of ideas getting thrown out by the union and workers movement over the next few days as we head into this discussion. Um, Do you think we will see concrete changes or is this just a lot of hot air? I think we will because it's a change of government. You know, we know that Labor favour, I guess, different um, a way of doing things when we talk about um, employment rights. So there will be stuff come out of it. As you say, though, there's going to be a lot of ideas put forward in the next few days. That's meant to be the idea of a job summit. They won't all come into fruition. This is a really hard area to sort of uh, um, introduce policy, especially when Mm. it's across a lot of people. But there is a call to do stuff that can raise wages Mm. and to change conditions. And I, I think there will be some concrete changes. 
Well, speaking of changes, big news for nurses and midwives in Victoria. Premier Dan Andrews has promised to pay the university fees of 10,000 nurse and midwifery students. To our Year 11 and Year 12 students, choose nursing, become a nurse, be part of this amazing health system, be part of this profession. This is such a rewarding way to work, to make a living, and you will be respected and you will be supported. The nurses and midwives will be recruited and trained for free from next year, and it's going to cost Victorian taxpayers $270 million. That might not seem like a lot, but Victoria does carry the biggest debt of any other state, Tom. Mm, Well, that is your round these days, keeping an eye on the Victorian government. I'm going to be interested to see if other states follow suit here because there is a big shortage of nurses in many parts of Australia. And the other thing I'll be watching off the back of this announcement is whether there'll be um, free university and TAFE courses for lots of other areas because it was just last week that the federal government put out that skills priority list, you know, shortages of chefs, engineers, electricians, aged care workers. I wonder whether all these other career areas will have their fees reduced or waived as well. Yeah, I think, Tom, when we've got so many people calling out for work, looking for workers. We're going to have to do something. And just as a sign of this, the opposition matched it instantly uh, because we're short of not only those workers, but specifically in the healthcare sector. Now, to get the money, though, you do have to work in the public health system in Victoria. You can't do your degree and go over to England immediately Mm. or interstate. You have to stay in Victoria and work. So if other premiers do match it, I think they'll be doing the same thing too. And convicted Bali bomb maker Umar Partek uh, has released a video in which he says his involvement in the 2002 attack was a mistake. He appeared in a prison YouTube video. He's been locked up in the jail since 2012 uh, when he was sentenced to 20 years because of his role in the 2002 terror attack that killed 202 people, including many Australians. Patek has been granted parole and is waiting to be released. Yeah, we talked about this on the podcast last week. Patek claims that he's been de-radicalised and he wants to work with uh, young convicted terrorists to help them de-radicalise when he's released. If you want to hear more on that, Listener has just produced a new series called Shockwave, so get that on the Listener app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. National Cabinet, remember that, will consider reducing COVID isolation requirements from seven to five days on Wednesday and it could directly affect the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese's beloved NRL team. Yeah, so the Rabbitohs hooker, Damian Cook, is in ISO, and if the rules stay the same, he's going to miss Friday night's final round game. Um, If they change the rules, he'll be able to play. So it puts Albo in a a very interesting position. I guess he'll be criticised either way. Um, The New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet, has been pushing for ISO to be scrapped altogether but it's looking like bringing it from seven down to five days is the most likely scenario. Yeah, National Cabinet will also consider ditching masks on public transport. I don't know how many people are wearing them on your train, not many Mm. on mine, and on planes. Yeah. I mean, COVID ISO, it's sounding pretty dated, isn't it, being in ISO? Remember a time when Jan Fran, she got locked up for two weeks over Christmas at the end of 2020 just for being in a restaurant with a case, not even... Like at close contact? Yeah, I was thinking about that recently, Tom. I had so many incidents where I just popped out to go to the supermarket. Next thing, it meant you were locked up until you had a negative test. And it feels like ancient history, but cases are still pretty high. They do seem to have peaked in a lot of states, but mm. I guess a lot of people are still suffering from it out there. 
Yeah, and interesting to see what happens for the Rabbitohs. They're going to play um, the first game ever at Sydney's new stadium, which is exciting for Sydney siders. Then the Wallabies are going to play on Saturday Arvo. So, um, yeah, go the new stadium. And great to have you on the show again, Annika. We're going to have you in our headlines again tomorrow. Um, in just a moment, though, Katrina Blowers joins me to talk about Be Real. So, Katrina, it looks like the social media war is kind of heating up a bit at the moment. Yeah, Be Real is having a bit of a moment. It is making its move right as Instagram has been busy watching its back from TikTok. Yeah, so you look at the numbers, the downloads of Be Real increased 86% month on month from June to July. So it's been around for two years, but there's a real growth spurt happening in recent times. It's estimated that its global total downloads are at 23 million in total. Yeah, so that sounds huge, and look, it is, but you've got to compare that to Instagram, which still has 1 billion monthly active users. But even so, Instagram seems to be scrambling to figure out what it is and how to pivot. Meta, the owners of Instagram, recently announced that it was doing internal testing of a feature that sounds exactly like Be Real. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, as you point out, 23 million is not a huge number compared to 1 billion, but clearly they had their eye on Be Real. So let's find out more about it. Claire Riley is an Aussie tech journo living in San Francisco working for a tech news site called CNET. So, Claire, what do you think of Be Real? Look, I think it's pretty much a product of the time, right? We're all kind of getting sick of having to look perfect on Instagram all the time and having our French Riviera holiday snaps look totally real. I haven't been to the French <laughs> Riviera recently. Um, but I think this whole concept of uh, literally being real, being your authentic self is something that people are craving in the internet generation right now, especially younger generations who've grown up in that really overly curated, perfect online persona kind of world. Yeah, so uh, we, we've heard that it, it could be as many as 10 million active users a day. That seems pretty popular. How does that compare to the growth of, say, Instagram? Well, look, we have to remember that Instagram has been around in internet terms, I guess, forever, right? So I guess something that BeReal has going for it that's helped drive a lot of that growth is the sense of FOMO, right? I'll, I'll have a fear of missing out if I'm not there posting my ephemeral photo in two minutes because you get this notification that says it's time to be real and you have mm-hmm. two minutes to take a photo with your front and your rear camera. So suddenly it's creating this sense of, oh gosh, I've got to be in it. I can't see my friend's photos until I've posted. And of course, there's the buzzy element, right? As soon as the app is the app to have, then everyone wants to be on it. But we've got to remember that the growth is pretty recent. So this is an app that was launched in 2020 um, out of France, and it's grown quickly. It's the number one free app download on the US app store right now. But most of the downloads, according to analysts, have been this year. So they think maybe 28 million downloads just this year alone. It's that kind of exponential growth curve that we see with new apps. Anytime something new comes out, everyone wants to be on it. But it's that sustained growth. It's that sustained user base that'll be really interesting to see. What's your gut feeling? Do you think it will have strong continued growth? Look, man, I feel like if I knew some of these things, I'd be investing in uh, investing big bucks <laughs> in the new startup apps and I'd be making a lot of money in Silicon Valley. Um, look, I think the big question for me is, 
how sustainable it is and how much their business model is going to be uh, financially viable. So at the moment, it's a network that's based on just close friends, right? Which is great. That's what people love about it. I saw something that was like, Be Real is the app where I want to kind of look terrible. And so I'm only going to be friends with people who I am happy with seeing me kind of in my PJs slobbing around the house. That's not the same as having 5,000 followers on Instagram or a million followers on TikTok, right? So I guess how much they can monetize the platform when people are keeping in small circles and just generally how they monetize it. You know, uh, Instagram, as anyone knows, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but all I do on Instagram is see products that I think, man, I guess I really want that dress. (laughs) And the monetizing model is very clear and it's very product-based, right? Be real, how they're going to monetize that, it's a whole different ballgame and whether they can do that long-term will be the answer to whether they can survive. So I think most people who have have an Instagram account have been frustrated by those things that you just mentioned, but also it trying to take on the popularity of TikTok by all of a sudden changing what you see in your feed, you know, all those videos that were coming up a few weeks ago from people that you don't even follow. I know that they've made some moves to address that now, particularly after people like Kylie Jenner started blowing up about it. Do you think that uh, that Instagram has taken its eye off the ball a little bit and left itself wide open to this attack from the other side, from Be Real? Yeah, look, it's interesting. I mean, for Instagram, there's not just one ball that they're needing to keep their eye on, you know. They're needing to keep their eye on TikTok, which has obviously been the new bright young thing in the social media world. So there's kind of so many different flanks for them to watch out for, right? So I think potentially... The fact that they've focused so much on video and really annoyed a lot of people in the process may have left them open to this be real attack from the other side, I guess. But we also have seen from Instagram just recently, they've said, oh, hey guys, um, yeah, we're going to do this thing, totally not be real, but you'll have two minutes to uh, take a photo <laughs> with your front and back camera. It's very similar <laughs> to, but legally distinct from be real. So Instagram has a track record of copying what they see in other popular apps. So there's a very real chance that they might address this, uh, this new upstart by just copying it and uh, the competitor or the challenger just dies off because of that. Well, that reminds me of when stories first started. It was basically a ripoff of Snapchat. Um, Snapchat has somehow still found a niche, though. The other strategy here for Instagram potentially, um, instead of copying everyone, is to buy everyone. I mean, think back to when Facebook was feeling threatened by Instagram. They didn't try and copy it. They just bought it. Um, They're now owned by Facebook or Meta. Could that be the way to go here? Should they just buy Be Real so they don't have to go too far in that direction and can keep waging war against TikTok. Yeah, it's amazing. These uh, these tech companies have incredibly deep pockets, don't they? They can just sort of see something on the horizon, just say, yeah, we'll buy that. But I think the interesting thing uh, compared to when we first saw Facebook buy Instagram uh, is we've got a very different landscape now in terms of antitrust, in terms of uh, competition in the sector. So the really big thing here in the US, especially over the last year or two, has been these tech titans being called to account for anti-competitive 
competitive behaviour. We've had a number of congressional hearings uh, with the CEOs like Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Jeff Bezos appeared for Amazon. We've seen big companies being called before Congress to explain their anti-competitive behaviour and the fact that they have in the past traditionally been known to suck up the uh, smaller competitors. So I think while the move fast and break things attitude that we first saw out of Silicon Valley was really strong, you know, five, 10 years ago, which is, you know, absolutely decades in Silicon Valley time. But that attitude has really shifted now and how willing people are to put up with that kind of behavior and certainly in terms of regulators and Congress, they're no longer willing to turn a blind eye to these big companies swallowing up smaller companies. So whether that's a strategy that they can employ or whether there's too much scrutiny over their their business practices remains to be seen. But the eye is definitely being far more keenly trained on these tech giants now. And what do we know about the founders of Be Real and their plans for this platform? I mean, you know, the the whole name of the app, Be Real, kind of suggests that it's a really earthy, organic thing. But we are hearing that there are some companies that are that are getting on there, like Elf Cosmetics. Could it potentially be commercialised? Absolutely. I mean, we know it's it's a, a startup that came out of France, and I guess like any kind of app startup. The front-facing brand might be different to what you see behind the scenes. So it's all about being real and authentic. But, you know, no one's creating this app just out of pure benevolence and to have everyone be totally authentic with their friends because there's probably cheaper and easier ways to do that. And I think it's called like (laughs) grabbing coffee down the corner, right? They are definitely chasing venture capital money. Um, They've had a whole uh, injection of cash in that sense. There's some speculation that they could be valued around the sort of $600 million mark. So They are definitely thinking about the finance of it and getting a return on the profit. But of course, those venture capitalists, they want a return on investment as well. They want to know that uh, their gamble on this little uh, startup, is it going to pay off? Are they going to get some sort of unicorn out of this? So that move towards commercialization is definitely on the cards. Um, There's another brand, Chipotle, which is a fast food brand here in the US. They started sharing coupon codes on Be Real. So it's definitely something that started to bring brands in, brands that are trying to focus on that youth demographic and, you know, to seem cool and popular. We've definitely seen brands do the same sort of thing on TikTok, right? They're trying to get their name out there. They're trying to come across as cool and not cringy, which, oh gosh, that's a very hard line to walk. But whether they're successful and whether they can actually get money out of that, there's a difference between being on a platform, having your brand visible, but how much return you get on just the cool buzz factor of people knowing who you are. It's a different play to actually having ad spend and um, that kind of thing on a platform. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see if it does become a takeover target because, you know, 600 million is a lot uh, in our terms, but Meta could give it a 40% premium, buy it for a billion and be done with it, you know. Um, That's not big money in in their world. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens here. And I do also wonder if if Instagram doesn't go down that path and does try and, and do everything in one app, that it might really lose its soul. What do you think is the future for Instagram? Yeah, there's a lot of people saying that about about Instagram. 
Meta is this huge company now. They've got Facebook where people are sharing minion memes. They've got their really big push into the metaverse and VR and AR, which was behind the whole name shift. They've got their fingers in a lot of pies, let's just say. And Instagram itself has sort of become a bit of everything. It's become a photo sharing app for seeing your friend's holiday snaps, but it's also used by creators. And then they moved into this fast video pivot. So suddenly they're trying to be a bit of TikTok as well. Now they're bringing this feature to be like, be real. It's kind of this multi-headed hydra and by trying to be too many things, you can end up failing at all of those things and really just disenfranchising people. Will I leave Instagram tomorrow? Probably not because, I mean, here in the States, I use it to DM friends in Australia. It's something that I'm constantly using for different things and it's very hard to just suddenly switch off and it's a really difficult task to just suddenly leave a platform once it's become really big like Instagram has. And I'm interested to watch this one because I really, I'm not quite sure where it's going to go at this point. That was Claire Riley, tech reporter for CNET. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how big B-Real gets, Katrina. I mean, if I was running Meta, I, I probably would just buy it right now. Absolutely. They could find that money down the back of the couch to buy B-Real. I just wonder, like, I know that a lot of this, like, the appeal for young people is, you know, this kind of anti-Instagram, anti-perfection vibe, but what Be Real does is it encourages you to be on your phone more than Instagram does because you have to have the updates on so that it can send you your let's be real moment for you to take your photo, and then that moment is different from all of your friends' moments, so you're getting notifications day and night from Be Real to have a look at your friends pictures which of course you know it's a curiosity factor you want to see your friends in their messy cars or whatever but as a result you're on your phone all day checking this app yeah well that's good isn't it that's that's what they want that's the attention economy they're winning (laughs) are you talking about people's welfare yeah (laughs) which which potentially becomes a factor (laughs) you got your mum hat on there <laughs> Maybe I do, because I'm thinking of all the times where I, where I confiscate my daughter's phone and all I'm getting is the buzzing from her Be Real notifications uh, day and night keeping me awake. There it is. Tomorrow on The Briefing, we're taking a deep dive on the pill testing trial in Canberra. What did they find in the drugs? And is this a system that could be rolled out in other states? Listener.